If you've ever had a hernia, you know that they can be painful and can affect our quality of life. The good thing is that hernias are highly treatable and we don't have to live with them. And joining me today is Dr. Igo Wanko Bumi. He's a board-certified surgeon with Franciscan Physician Network, and he's going to take us through the different types and causes of hernias and discuss our surgical options, including the Da Vinci Robotic System. This is the Franciscan Health Doc Pod. I'm Scott Webb. So, Doctor, it's so great to be back on with you again. We're talking about hernias today and the types of surgeries. But before we get there, what are the most common types of hernias? The ones that we see most commonly are belly button hernias, which we call umbilical hernias, groin hernias, which we call inguinal hernias. There's incisional hernias, which are hernias that you get from having any prior surgery or an incision as such. Other hernias that you see that are common are hernias that are usually around the belly button but above it. These are ventral hernias or epigastric hernias, called epigastric because they're a little bit higher in the abdominal wall. This is in regards to all abdominal wall hernias. There's some other ones that are more obscure, but it probably are not the ones that are going to be more common. And generally speaking, what are the causes of hernias? Causes of hernias, some of it is congenital. In terms of congenital, there's some areas in the body which things go through the abdominal wall. If you notice, the areas that I mentioned in terms of the umbilicus and the groin, usually men have spermatocords that go through and basically connect the uh, testicles to the penis. Those are called uh, spermatocords. Those, those go through the abdominal wall and create kind of weakness around that. As you go up into the abdomen a little further, the umbilical cord that we're born with that then becomes the belly button also is something going through the abdominal wall. So that causes weakness. And every time you have anything going through the abdominal wall, that is basically congenital weakness over time that is predisposed uh, to getting hernias. But People who actually do get hernias, other than just the fact that you have something that was kind of developed through development and, and through birth, there's genetics. Some people are more prone, have weaker tissues and, and different reasons to get hernias. There's also uh, things you do, like uh, having prior surgeries and number one reasons. Other things are occupation. So if you do a lot of uh, weightlifting or if you do a lot of physical work, that can make you prone to getting hernias. Or even uh, younger people, when they exercise, they tend to have some hernias. One hernia that I didn't mention that was very common is also a, a peristomal hernia, which is a hernia in patients who have an ostomy bag. That's the kind of hernia that I tend to see a lot too in my office. Yeah, and I've had a hernia before, and it was kind of this uh, dull, nagging sensation. I wouldn't call it pain necessarily. It just was this kind of like I could just feel this sort of nagging thing there. And I guess I'm wondering for most people, what are the symptoms of hernia? Is it always pain or can it be that kind of dull nagging thing as well? Very good question. I think the most common symptom is pain if you have symptoms. But a lot of hernias, believe it or not, end up not being very symptomatic where you can see a bulge and it may be over an incision or maybe around the umbilicus or in the groin. And it may also be getting bigger and bigger, yet it's not causing any pain. But when patients do have symptoms, pain is kind of one of the first ones to present. And the reason why patients have pain is usually because something is getting stuck within the hernia and being reduced back in the abdomen. The worst case scenario with a hernia in terms of symptom is having a piece of bowel stuck within the hernia. Now, if you think about a hernia, it's really just a defect in the, on the abdominal wall. Uh, is it like a hole? So anything can kind of go through that hernia. So 
Anytime somebody has a defect, uh, with time, things can kind of go in the hernia or the hernia can keep getting bigger. We generally like to intervene and take care of patients when they have symptoms or when they don't have symptoms because you want to prevent the worst from happening, meaning uh, bowel getting stuck in there. Because if bowels get stuck in there, it can be without oxygen. And then you may end up having to have a bowel resection and, and need to be in the hospital for a while. So we try to prevent that as much as we can. Yeah, and it does seem that uh, hernias are common, but also highly treatable. But of course, we have to reach out and seek that treatment. And so when we talk about hernia surgeries, you know, it can be done in a multitude of ways. Uh, there's minimally invasive robotic surgery, laparoscopic surgery, as well as, you know, traditional open surgery. So let's talk about the da Vinci surgery and uh, some of the benefits. I'm glad you uh, brought that up. One of the things that I trained to do when I specialized in my fellowship was to do some robotic hernia repairs. The reason why I'm a big proponent of the robotic hernia repair is because um, you can do it minimally invasively. A good example is a patient of mine that I operated on who was 85 years old and she'd been told not to have surgery. She had a pretty sizable hernia. I think it was around 12 centimeters. And she was worried that she was going to have a large surgery and not be able to survive that. But luckily with the um, ability and the advent of the robot, I was able to yeah, I make small incisions on the side and basically treat a hernia. And she was out of the hospital in two days. She was up and walking the next day at very minimal pain. And this is what I see a lot with my robotic patients. We don't have to make the huge incisions anymore. We can do pretty complex hernias. They have less pain. They have bowel function much sooner. As a matter of fact, we don't usually even wait for bowel function. They get in and out of the hospital much sooner. The robot allows you to have more precise movements and allows you to do things that you really can't do in, in an open fashion or laparoscopically. You tend to see every nerve, every vessel, and, and I think it's really worked uh, wonders for patients. And uh, I want to you know, use it as much as I can on patients and kind of spread the word regarding uh, the benefits. Yeah, well, of course, uh, robots are just uh, undeniably cool and uh, great that you seem to have a preference for that. And as you say, smaller scars, less pain, shorter stay. By comparison, then, what are some of the benefits of laparoscopic surgery? The benefits of laparoscopic surgery are very similar to robots. The only exception is the fact that when we talk about hernias, uh, one of the major difference between doing a hernia laparoscopically and doing it on a robot is actually closing that defect. You talked about hernias being holes on your down the wall. It's, it's really hard to sew on your down the wall because you'd be sewing upside down with a laparoscope. It can be done, but that's, it's very technically challenging and it's not commonly done. So most of the time what we do in laparoscopic surgery, we just basically put a patch underneath the defect to cover it up. With the robotic surgery, you're basically sewing the tissue back together and then putting a patch also. So it's almost as if you're getting double of the repair. You can do that with an open repair in which you're putting mesh in, but you're also closing the defect. But never before has it been able to be done robotically, minimally invasively, where you're sewing the defect and closing it shut. And doing very complex surgery and having a very low complication, low, low infection rate, and very low pain for patients, and they go home uh, within a day or two. So I think it's been kind of a miracle, in my opinion, personally. Yeah, that's a great word to use, a miracle. And so when we talk about these two miracles, the da Vinci and laparoscopic, are, are many doctors still doing traditional open surgery for hernias? Oh, yes. So it's a good thing you, you asked that because I think it's important to mention that not every hernia is good for the robot, of course. And 
there's some surgeons or great surgeons who have really great results doing open hernias. As a matter of fact, our practice, we also do quite a few open hernias and we have great results with them. I'd say probably 60 to 80% are probably done open still. It's a great repair still. You can have good results and uh, patients can do really well. And also there's some hernias that are very large or patients who've had prior complications from prior hernia repairs before sometimes are better done open. So I don't want you to think that robotic is the only way to fix a hernia. I think it's a great benefit, a great tool that we use when it's able to be used. But the open repair is also a very viable and a very tenacious kind of way of fixing hernias. To piggyback on that, I would say that over the years we have learned a couple of things when you compare the open hernia versus robotic is the fact that a lot of times the wound infection rate can be less. Anytime you're doing things with minimally invasive approach versus uh, big incision. And, of course, another thing is risk in diabetes patients, in diabetic patients, basically, uh, because they're just generally at high risk for wound infection and have a lower uh, threshold for uh, immunity. So in those patients, I think they tend to benefit more from the decreased risk, if amenable to robotics, of course. I think what's great uh, just listening to you here is it's good to know uh, that there are lots of options for patients, that uh, traditional open surgery is still very common, perhaps still the gold standard, but also doctors like yourself are doing da Vinci robotic surgery, laparoscopic surgery. So just good to know as a patient that we have options. Uh, so this is a really educational today. Doctor, as we wrap up here, anything else you want to tell folks about hernias, diagnosing, treatment, surgery, anything else? I wanted to touch on the fact that I, I do see a lot of patients for hernias, sometimes emergently. And most of the story that I hear is that they've had the hernia for a while and their doctor told them it wasn't bothering them and they should just kind of let it be. And, you know, in some cases, that's reasonable. And some patients do well. I never have a problem from their hernia. And in some cases, uh, they, it would actually be to the benefit to have it fixed. So if you have a hernia and you think it's a hernia, I think it's always good to see a doctor. It doesn't have to be me or one of my partners, but of course, us at Indy Southside Surgical, me, Dr. Wenkel, or any of my partners will be happy to see anyone for just a checkup and any kind of question regarding what you think may be a hernia. I think it's such great advice that if you think you got a hernia, well, there's lots of remedies, right? We just talked about today. Open surgery, da Vinci, laparoscopic. There's really no reason to live your life with a hernia. You just need to reach out, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's great, doctor. Well, thank you so much for your time. Great to have you back on again, and you stay well. Well, thank you, sir. Anytime. For more information, go to franciscanhealth.org and search hernia repair. And if you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the full podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is the Franciscan Health Doc Pod. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.